This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is iFanboy's special edition, Moonfall vs. Geostorm. Oh, where have you been, my blue-eyed son? And where have you been, my darling young one? I've stumbled on the side of twelve misty mountains. I've walked and I crawled on six crooked highways. Hello, welcome to iFanboy's special edition, Moonfall vs. Geostorm. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Look out! <laughs> and we are here to talk about two disaster films, uh, Moonfall and Geostorm. There'll be spoilers, or just a spoiler warning, and you may be wondering why, if you're I mean, listening. Why not? <laughs> why not is the answer. But yeah, that, it's, that's truly the answer. Uh, this this month, uh, we we both happened to uh, Moonfall showed up on HBO Max, and we both were basically watching it at the same time and having a final time on the text message. And then Connor went right along and watched Geostorm afterwards, and I was like, I I think I need to watch that. I couldn't remember if I'd seen it or not, and I and I, I still am not sure. Well, um, the thing is, like, uh, you know, we we our our love and enjoyment of disaster films is is well known amongst yes. listeners. We just last week released a media explode in which we talked we reviewed the beside adventure from 1972 and uh as josh said moonfall hit hbo hbo max a couple weekends a couple weeks ago yeah and uh we were watching independently like i he was watching it and i was also watching it and then we didn't know we were watching then we started texting and i was like i'm watching moonfall he's like i'm watching moonfall and then 
HBO was was pairing it with Geostorm, so like it it was like Moonfall, Geostorm, Moonfall, Geostorm, like on the on the uh, the dial. suggestions under the Moonfall uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> entry were just I was like this is beautiful. So I I had never seen Geostorm, one of the more recent disaster films. Uh, so I thought, what the hell? I'll watch that too. And I either watched it that night or the next day. I don't remember. It's, it was a while. <laughs> it was a lot of blowing up. But we ended up. I ended up watching them both. Josh ended up rewatching Geostorm, which previously he told me not, not to bother with. And we thought we'd discuss it because it is, it is actually really interesting uh, what these films represent in terms of the genre of disaster films, the modern genre of disaster films, because well, they both come from the same camp. Well, well, so it's interesting, and this this occurred to me is that um, so Moonfall is directed by Roland Emmerich, yep. and Geostorm is directed by Dean Devlin, right? And those are that's the team behind Independence Day, which since it's an alien movie, so it's not not usually my typical uh, description of a, a full on natural disaster movie, but in a way, it kind of is. But in a way, it's the I think that's the era of the modern. Yes, it, it's sort of whole movie. because because it so that. Independence Day was 1996. It was mm-hmm. one of the first of those genres to really utilize new technology in terms of visual effects. So it really blew people away and it ushered in a whole string of those kind of films. And then, you know, they went on to do The Day After Tomorrow and 2012. And, you know, th- this is their whole sort of milieu. Well, they do other films too, but they this is, they, they sort of own that milieu. I think they split after Independence Day. They might have, but that was. Which. They well, which basically... brings up the point is that, like, you and I are are the types of folks that when we watch a movie, we're very aware of who the director is. Oh, yeah. So, who, Emmerich did 2012, it. but Dean Devlin wasn't involved, so they must have right. split. Yeah. So, but the point is actually, though, that I don't remember, I don't know who directs disaster movies. Right. Like, it's a thing I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of surprised when I started, I didn't check before, I but when I saw Roland Emmerich's name in the beginning, I was like, oh, but I had forgotten, like, he was responsible for The Day After Tomorrow in 2012, which are two of my, tw- Day After Tomorrow is my favorite. Day After Tomorrow is terrific, terrific movie. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, there's a, there's a feel to it, but these, <laughs> poor Los Angeles, <laughs> Los Angeles has been destroyed in these movies Well, you so live here long often. enough, eventually you want to yeah. destroy it. No, so, that's fine. I thought it'd be, so let's talk about. Let's talk about each one, and then we'll talk about how they sort of relate to each other and to, sure. and to the previous work. And we, the conversation may go in various directions, but um, I remember that I remember seeing the trailer for Moonfall when it when it first showed. It was probably during the during the lockdown because it came out in 2012, 2022. Although I don't know when it came out in the theaters. I um, saw it in theaters at one point, and it had such a low Rotten Tomatoes that I just <laughs> kind of glanced at it and then didn't really pay attention to what it was. And I I'm kicking myself for it now. Right, I mean, I think these movies are always going to have low Rotten Tomato scores, Josh. This is just a matter of what you what you feel like you want to do at the theater. But um, this was, you know, we ha- I, I don't think there's been a big... When's the last time there was a big disaster? I mean, there was San Andreas, I mean, and then there was the Geostorm, other one. San Andreas is 2015, Geostorm is 2017. Uh, what was the what was the, the, the building one that The Rock did? Skyscraper? Skyscraper. No, no that was the... Wh- wh- whichever. That one was terrible. We, we try, you know, like... But it's that funny. Was 2018. I'm just trying to figure out the timeline of disaster. Uh, Greenland, movies. which is Greenland. a little more serious, right. Right. Uh, was during the pandemic. Right. Um, so I you think... never go more than a couple of years without these films coming out. No. It's more like two, every two years there's a disaster movie. Well, and and when we talk about like if a movie's good or bad, it's it's very interesting because 
you know, on paper, Moonfall, this is not a good movie. There's all sorts of reasons. But for me, uh, a disaster movie has different rules. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like pro wrestling. Right. Like you want it to hit these notes that you recognize. And the, the best part about Moonfall to me is that it is a greatest hits of Roland Emmerich moments all mushed into one. Yeah, that, that kind of is the case of the movie. It's, it's almost like take a scoop of Independence Day and take a scoop of The Day After Tomorrow and put them, in, put them both on a cone. And that's what you've got with Moonfall is, is a movie in which the uh, moon is literally falling out of orbit and is breaking apart. And so that's, that's sort of the underlying disaster element of the movie. What is the, what is the repercussions of the of gravity going haywire and the, the tides and everything? And then throw in a bit of alien invasion from Independence Which, Day with the reason why the moon is going out right. of orbit. And that's what you get with Moonfall. Yeah, no, they, like over and over through the movie, I kept going. This piece is from twenty. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's a stepfather. Oh yeah, uh, there's always who, a stepfather. There's always a stepfather who the guy hates, but then turns out to be an okay guy, and he sacrifices himself and dies. I was like, oh, that's straight out of twenty twelve. Yep. Uh, when they fly into the giant alien structure, and I was like, this was Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, it was one thing after another, and 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 this is where I'm talking about that sliding scale of quality. I I was I was I was delighted with it. You know, I just I was like, oh, these are all because the and the stepfather was Michael Pena, who's yeah. like he's kind of a. How do you not like Michael? Not Michael Pena. It was and supposed then, to be Stanley Tucci. He had to drop out of the film. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I like Michael Pena much better because <laughs> he's so eminently likable that even if he's kind of a jerk at the beginning, when he turns around yeah. and sort of have things in the right. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll talk cast. Uh, Halle Berry. Um, who, not, not only doesn't age, seems to have de-aged. Well, what's funny is in the very first scene in the movie, it takes place in the past, and they did something to her. Yeah. And we were like, is that Halle Berry? Yes. And then they, they cut to the present, and I was like, oh, that's Halle Berry. I, because I, I was like, I what's she do to her I was face? like, who is? Is that, yeah. is that Halle Berry? Because I didn't, I, mm-hmm. again, I knew nothing other than the general premise of the moon was falling. Right. I didn't know who was in the movie. I didn't know who made the movie. I just started watching it, and I saw, I was surprised every time somebody showed up. But yep. even in the present day, I was like, she could. If you told me the character was thirty-five, I'd say sure, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. She's a she's she's a she's a legend. She is. A, <laughs> she defies age. Uh, she's one of those beautiful humans who ever yeah. lived. Yeah. It works. Patrick Wilson. Uh, when you can't afford Tom Cruise, <laughs> you know Patrick Cruise. He'll, he'll Patrick Wilson will do that. And of course, Samuel Tarley. Don't know his name. John um, Bradley. I'm looking at his guy. So. That's sort of the main three. There are other people. You know, since this movie was funded by Chinese money, there's a, there's the there's the Chinese actress who none of us have heard of, but it's probably but it's big in China who has played the small part. Um, and then Donald Sutherland shows up playing his character from JFK. I was gonna say exactly <laughs> that to you, and I tried not to ruin it because I was a, a little ahead of you. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> he met Kevin Costner in the mall, got the Dalai Lama out, and now he's like. And he, in, th- in that he in this movie he is uh, the same character as as the crazy scientist from Area Fifty One. Yes. Uh, in Independence Day, I was like, oh, it's that guy who tells you, no, no, we've known about all this stuff all along. It's all going on. By the I'm way, I'm pretty sure it's because his son was one of the one of the financiers of the film. That's oh. what I read. That he, that's why he's in the movie. But uh, he's literally the guy who shows up and, and, and un- unwraps the conspiracy for the main characters so mm-hmm. that you know. Uh, the truth, and so it's the same exact role that he played in JFK. Only this time, it's aliens instead of. Uh, and again, uh, it's perfect because, like pro wrestling, we rely on stereotypes and <laughs> signposts. Yes, and and like like I I don't want to be impressed. 
the suppression of disbelief is a different exercise in a film like this. Oh, sure. And 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 all it should be noted. Um, it, Connor and I both. I mean, it's among our top. I would say top five books of all time is Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And in that story, the very first thing that happens is the moon blows up and it, it breaks into separate chunks and it results in the atmosphere getting superheated and all life being scrubbed off of Earth while the body go forward. And that is fairly heavily science-based with the best possible uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, knowledge that we can have from futurists right now. Right. This movie takes <laughs> different. a different tack. And and like the whole time like that's not going to happen, but it's joyful when that happens. Yeah, so of the main characters, Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson are astronauts and uh they get pulled back into this disaster and and John Bradley, uh, Samuel Tarley is a quote quote doctor who believes in superstructures which are the theory that there are these giant spaceships out in space that other civilizations have built that look like planets. Yeah, so he's he's part of the fringe science movement. But it turns out he's correct. The moon is, in fact, a superstructure, not, in fact, a moon at all. It's a a giant floating arc uh, that another civilization, our our ancestors, and we told you there were spoilers, our ancestors built when their planet was was being destroyed and came and seeded Earth with... It's a whole complicated situation, but... It's a better version of the Eternals. It is. I... I found myself like I really I, I enjoyed watching it. I also enjoyed talking to you while we were watching it. But I found myself really liking, as always, the survival stuff more on the planet than the alien yes. stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like the genuine. And we talk about this all the time with disaster films. Like the it, it allows you to put yourself into the scenario of oh shit, what would you do in this scenario? It was more fun to me than the smoke monster from Lost nanobot that they fought mm-hmm. in the in the spaceship. Um, and, you know, the, the suspension of disbelief of, like, we got to get to the moon. Two minutes later, they're in a spaceship going to the moon. Like, you know, even, if they, great. Pull, even if they pulled the the space shuttle from the museum in L.A., which I've, which I've seen and been to, uh, they still can't get it up into space in, in a day. It's going to take a long time. But we'll, we'll talk about that, too, with Geostorm. But uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff is fun but then when they spend a lot of time like dog fighting the the nanobot aliens in the in the in the moon structure i was like all right well it's fun but not as interesting as like trying to survive in you know the the mountains of colorado you know his family as, amongst as, looters and guys with guns and that's more interesting to me the moon's gravity sucks the oxygen out of the air as it gets too close <laughs> and I kept like one of the great things about well this and Geostorm is that there's moments where you're like the Earth doesn't survive that, <laughs> like the Moon scrapes the Earth, that's game over. Right. I mean, by any scientific measure, you know that's a that's a big that's a problem you don't get past. What was I the, honestly had one of my favorite shots in the movie in a long time is when one point when they're like on Earth. And the moon pops up like Mike Myers in the background, like in the back. It just goes, and it's like there over the horizon. And I was like, this is great. Like, this is so dumb. Uh, And the thing is like, you know, I don't, I don't, so dumb it's good is not usually something I I subscribe to unless it's disaster movies because it's sort of, it's sort of built into the, the DNA of the film, of a film like this, like. It's not going to hold up to scientific scrutiny, and there are serious ones like Greenland, but and those can, those can totally work. But to me, the sillier, the better, as long as there's a heartfelt undertone. Like the day after tomorrow, the reason why it's so great is because you really do care about the characters and the family, and 
you want to see everyone survive. So it, it all depends on the characters and the situation of survival you're put in. The, the more Wait, is a father with an estranged child who he has to save. Yes. Huh. Yeah. And the, <laughs> and the more, the more sort of sci-fi actioning it gets, and Independence Day is different because Independence Day was a it was an alien invasion story, so it was it was about that, and that, it worked in that sense. But here, you know, anytime we went away from the family elements and and got to the you know, long explanation about the alien civilizations. It was like, uh, oh, geez, now I, there's two civilizations there. I normally, I, this is the thing is like, these are the kind of movies that everything goes out the window for me. Mm-hmm. So, well, I normally, most of the time, I prefer my natural disaster movies to be natural. There is an argument to be made that this other stuff, it's not supernatural, at least. Mm-hmm. But when I saw like the thing floating around in space, I thought, "Oh, that's that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna mess this up." Right. Like a comic book that that you know isn't just the thing. There has to be a vampire or whatever right. it is. But you know, it it was fine for me in this instance. And, and I I think that oh, I didn't hate it. It just it, and actually yeah. made it, it it made it historically interesting, as we said before, as sure. a overview of Emmerich's disaster career, where it becomes yeah. like, oh. This is like a. This is like a, it almost like his last movie. I don't. I'm not saying it is, but it's almost like I'm going out with like a bang, and here's all of my greatest hits from all my previous films. And so in that what, sense, it was interesting. What I want to know is, is he? Does he know that his scripts are bad? I'm sure. Like, like, but that's like the thing he's decided to go but, for. But bad, and, but, but bad compared to what? I know. But does he think? That he's doing a really heartfelt emotional moment, or does he know that it's a little schlocky or or uh, stereotypical? Like, is he aware of that? And I don't know which way I would prefer. Well, I mean, there, I mean, there be pictures no matter what. This is what I'm getting at. Like, so, like Russ Myers was aware that he was doing B pictures and he leaned into it. And right. I have to think that a man who has been this successful doing this thing is exactly aware of what it is he is doing. Well, I mean, I think he's aware of the genre he's playing in, and. Yeah. And what the conventions of that genre are. I mean, uh-huh. it's just, he's not making the Godfather here. Let's talk about let's talk about movies where it's still very clear that they're going to kill a minority character very early on, <laughs> every time. And and like it's not okay, but you know, you, you're like oh, well, that's that's the, what's going to happen. The nanny slash possible love interest for the son, who is the Chinese actress. It's true. Uh, when when you who goes by Kelly you in the film she survives. And I well, was, usually you know, it has, has to be heroic moment later on in the film. Usually, it has to be a lesser uh, scientist or or person who's related to one sure. of the protagonists. That's usually where it goes, and they heroically. There's lots do of that something. moonfall that comes up again. In, it's that's, true. That's a geostorm yep. thing mostly, but I mean, I, at the end of the day, I had a lot of fun watching it. It was silly, but the the leads were all good. Patrick Wilson really sells. Yes. yes. Everything he's given to sell. He's charming and funny. I think I, I'm sort of becoming a, a late stage Patrick Wilson fan. Like everything he's in, he's really good, really good in. He's a different flavor of leading man, but I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, but I, you know he can be amazing because Fargo, Fargo alone yeah. would it would have told you like, oh, this guy can do sort of everything. He but he could also all. sell the moon is <laughs> the moon is falling. Yeah, like he sold yeah. it, as did Halle Berry. Yes. Like, really it, like sometimes you put somebody like her in a movie and like they're just not meant to be there, but she owned it. Right. Oh, she had to get, she was the one who had to get back for her son this time. Right. Right. Like, she, yeah. Well, it was, so yeah, good. you're right. And then, um, well, it was, it was his son 
Uh-huh. It was it was Patrick Wilson's older son, the, the delinquent, right? Who was okay, with Michael right. Pena. That was his, that was his family unit. That's and right. She had a, she had them. her own family, but, and then her her ex husband was the was the DOD guy. <laughs> I thought, by the way, he's he. So at the end, the the idea is they have to fix the problem before the army nukes the moon, <laughs> which <laughs> very short sighted on the part which of the moon. I feel like they really lost it a chance to call the movie Nuke the Moon. <laughs> I mean, I would see Nuke the Moon in the theater. No, hundred no, percent. <laughs> um, and then at some point, he pulls the. There's actually two in in each Geostorm. In this, there's a moment where a character does something, and I was like, "You don't come back from that in a legal sense." And pulling your gun on all the chiefs of staff of the army yeah. doesn't matter what's going on. You don't come from back from that. And and there's another one Geostorm will get to. <laughs> I love that though. Oh. I, I did think it was interesting that. I think maybe 20 years ago, um, that dude who uh, the ex-husband played by M.A. Uh, Equal Core is played by a, a name actor. There, okay. Th- it feels like there was a big drop-off in this in Moonfall uh-huh. between people you recognize and then the rest of the cast. Whereas in the, in the past, these sort of are, are chances to like have all-star casts. And, and so like you've got Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson. You, you know who John Bradley is from Game of Thrones, but you don't know his yeah. name. Michael Pena... Donald Sutherland, and then after that, there's not a recognizable actor in the movie. So there's only like four, five. Whereas, you know, Independence Day, even small well, roles are played by even in a, even in Geostorm, you've got Richard Schiff playing a senator. Like it, it's it's almost like I don't know if Moonfall had a smaller budget or what, but it was. They're not tent poles anymore. No, I mean, I, I just just it's just interesting to see that it's no longer like. I'm guessing if Indep- they I, scroll through Independence Day's cast list, you know, you know. People yeah. down to the small, you know. Part. I'm guessing that you know, like if they had pulled a larger lead, you know, I mean, like The Rock, just as an mm-hmm. example of where it does work, is that sort of fills up the movie a little more. Um, another thing I noticed about Moonfall is that the effects get better as the movie goes on. At the beginning, there is, I think, I don't think I'm mixing up my movies. There's miniature effects with flooding. It's hard to remember which ones which, and it's clearly. Clearly not uh, like it's not very like you can tell the the size of the water the proportions isn't uh-huh. right yeah and then as they get further along and they get onto the space I was like oh here's where they spent all their they clearly spent all the space stuff yeah yeah like like very clearly and I I don't mind practical effects I just no no I like them. them yeah I do want to mention also in terms of greatest hit stuff the Doctor Houseman character from that John Bradley played was very similar also to the Randy Quaid character from I think Independence it was a- Day. He's a combination he's, of that guy and um, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, right? But it's always there's always like the kook mm-hmm. who was right, right? You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh, Woody Randy Harrelson, Qu- yeah. Randy Quaid's character was claiming there were aliens and he'd been abducted, and everyone thought he was a kook, right. but he was right. Houseman claimed that there was super, the moon was a superstructure. He was right, and Woody Harrelson claimed that the sto- like there's always the one kook, like crazy person mm-hmm. that's turned out to be not be crazy. So. In Right, and then so Patrick Wilson's son was Jake Gyllenhaal in the in in 2012, or I'm sorry, Day After Tomorrow. Basically, kind that's of. his I role mean, there. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he he takes charge. Well, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it shades of if nothing else. Right, and and it, it all works for me. And I don't, I don't for some reason I had just forgotten that all those movies were directed by the same person. Um, it is crazy. He really is the go-to guy for these. I mean, those movies made a tremendous amount of money. 
Yeah, but they didn't. You know, this one wasn't invested in the same way. And I no, I, no, no. And you have, and it's curious why because they, they kind of these ones kind of translate to any language pretty easily. Yeah, you know, it's harder it's a, when 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 your film is more has a more intricate plot to you know sell it you know globally. But if you're just talking about the moon the moon falling, it's it's not so bad. But like I was look, I think uh, the day after tomorrow made like eight hundred million dollars. Like these these are like huge. Mm-hmm. They were huge movies for a while that Emmerich was doing. Let's talk about Geostorm. Yeah. So Geostorm, you were like, don't watch it. It's not worth your time. But I really had fun. <laughs> I really had fun. It's, 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 it's a bad movie. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's where, where, where Moonfall, it's a bad movie, air quotes, but it's, it, does, it does what you want to in this or the whole thing. Right. Geostorm... I mean, it's it suffers. Uh, I mean, one of the things you mentioned uh, is that the leads, uh, pretty much the main cast in Moonfall is pretty good. Yes. And then, but in in Geostorm, after Jared Butler, but the other leads are awful. the The thing about Geostorm, it, it had a, it had kind of more of the story I was looking for mm-hmm. because it was more about survival, except for a small part. Yeah. But the script was so bad. And I mean, just like stuff that someone should have been like, well, what do we do? Like, I'll, uh-huh. I'll get to my main concern later because I don't want to blow, blow it till we get to it. But this is more um, science-y. So, you know, this movie came out in 2017. It, it takes place in 2019 and, and beyond. And in 2019, you know, there's a giant global catastrophe with the weather. Sounds familiar. And so they built, they somehow, with 2019 technology, build a futuristic uh Space station and satellite array that they nicknamed Dutch Boy that cre- controls the weather. Dutch on Boy Earth. is a brilliant name. Yes, and it, it controls the weather and and it, it and it and it diffuses you know giant hurricanes and storms and heat. It basically keeps the Earth in stasis using science. And the man behind the whole project was played by Gerard Butler, Jake Lawson, um, who is Scottish American, and his brother who is right. <laughs> American American. Uh, who does uh, play with Jim Sturgis, who has a terrible American accent, and uh, he Jim was weird the haircut and no yeah. screen presence. Oh, he's he like was a, great he's like in a, Across the Universe, but I don't okay. know. He, he's a he, nickel version of uh, of uh, oh Christ, what's his name? Wardo from Social Network. Uh, so he he works. For, he's like he, was he like the assistant secretary of state? It was hard to say what his role was, but. Uh, Andy Garcia is the president. Ed Harris is the secretary of state, I guess. And um, yes, he was. Abby Cornish is her is his, is his uh, head secret service agent, who's also sleeping with Jim Sturgis's character. And then you got Mary Winningham popping up for one scene, and uh, Richard Schiff, Schiff popping for up for one, one scene. scene. And that's more of like your, your more of your all star small cast situation. But here, anyway, the point is uh, a brilliant setup to use international actors. Because that's, you know, Eugenio Derbez is a big star in Mexico, and you've got Daniel Wu from China, and people like that. you got a German actress. Uh, you know, so you've got, you, you and you, Zazie Beetz shows up in a pivotal role. So you've got people from sort of all over, which is smart in terms of selling your movie. But, of course, something goes wrong with technology. Someone zaps a village in Afghanistan with cold air and freezes everyone. Then there's a lava flow in Hong Kong, and suddenly... It, Dutch boy is malfunctioning, and so the guy who Gerard Butler's character, who had been fired from the project for being a jerk, is brought back in to try to fix it, and that's when we realize that someone is actually controlling the satellites to take out 
specific targets on the planet. And so you got a combination of sort of a political thriller plus a disaster movie because now the, the weather is going out of control. Setup-wise, I enjoyed this idea more. Yeah. And I enjoyed – I thought the first half was really fun. First half, I was like, ooh, this is really good. What's Josh mm-hmm. talking about? And then the second half, I was like, oh, this movie's totally falling apart. But the first half, I was into it. I thought the setup was cool. I thought it looked good. I thought the ideas were fun. The acting was the acting was sufficiently over the top. Right. And then once you get into the machinations of the political plot, I was like, I don't understand this plot at all. Like Well the 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 trailer makes no sense. The trailer laid it all out, but it trailer definitely made it sound like the president was the bad guy. And it oh, sure. such to extent that it faked you out. Yeah, I actually thought that's what actually happened. Mm. And then so I was kind of caught by surprise. I think I watched half of it or watched it without paying it or lost. Mm-hmm. I think I saw it, but I, I didn't really watch it. It's basically right. where I ended up. And um Yeah. I, I <laughs> it, it just, still had it was it was it it was still enjoyable to watch yes. in that way. Absolutely hundred percent. Not as enjoyable. Like it's lower tier. It wasn't as bad as as the the um, Dwayne Johnson uh, uh, skyscraper movie. I couldn't finish it, which I felt bad about because I love him and those kind of movies. But yeah, uh, and but it wasn't as good as any of the Emmerich stuff. And this is actually the I was looking. This is the like the only feature film that Dean Devlin has right. directed. So, so this is Dean Devlin's first directorial ex- uh, experience. He was a writer producer with Roland Emmerich before. Um, Geostorm made $220 million worldwide, which is not good for a, a movie, movie like cost. this. Um, to me, the biggest problem, so that you find out, again, spoiler warning, you find out that the, the Secretary of State Ed Harris is the one behind all this. He's trying to destroy um, all of the United States' enemies using Dutch Boy, and then uh, in the process of that, destroying Dutch Boy as well. He puts a virus into it. But the they went to great pains to tell you that without Dutch Boy, the world was over. And so, if he destroys Dutch Boy, then they're going to die. All die anyway. That that and, and there's a bit where there's a person on the the satellite who turns out to have been the plant on the inside, and they yep. paid him. <laughs> he said, "You know how much a scientist makes?" He's like, "No, well, it's ten times that." And I was like, "That still doesn't seem like very much <laughs> to destroy the world." And and Jared Butler's like. But it's gonna. You're gonna destroy the world. He goes. But we're gonna keep the good parts. And I was like, What kind of scientist are you who doesn't understand how that works? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the air doesn't the, stop at the border. The good parts will be affected by the rest of it. That's how this works. Right. That's that's where it, that's where it started to fall apart. I was like, uh, This. They really needed to take a second pass at this at this plot because it didn't make any sense. Yeah. But I still enjoyed it. Like I still had fun watching it. Um, I thought which, it, it coasts a lot of Gerard Butler's charm and and well, the, the cool design of the ship and the, the satellites and all that stuff and Zazie Beats was good and it, had, it sort of got by on all that stuff. If this was uh, if if this was a slightly better movie and they had the science a little more locked down, it would be it would be amazing for me. Like is the kind of thing that I really enjoy. For me, I really thought that. One of the problems was that um, the two non-Jared Butler leads, uh, mm-hmm. whose names you said before, the the British guy with a weird haircut and stubble in a high government position, just didn't like. He wasn't good. He just he just he didn't have he didn't command screen presence in any way. Mm-hmm. 
and he like he over emoted on everything and i know that that sounds weird but like his eyes were all watery and teary for half the thing and he i was just like why are you it just didn't make sense and then his girlfriend whose name you also said who abby was cornish, in, yeah. abby cornish who was in uh uh jack ryan that show i guess yeah, she's um, lost, yeah lost stuff. she does not have much screen press inside <laughs> like like I, I get what she was doing like she's like i'm a serious person who is in the secret service yeah you know and she has a really great uh, a couple of action sequences. Oh, she has a terrific thought, action sequence when they rescue yeah. the president. Yeah. Yep. And that that was the other scene, by the way, that I was like, she shot off her gun <laughs> at the Democratic National Convention, and then they kidnapped the president. And I was like, there's no coming back from that. <laughs> In no <laughs> circumstance. <laughs> and he goes along pretty quick. Yeah. Um. You know, another thing, like I don't know that there were any actual Americans in this, other than Ed Harris playing Americans and, Ed and Noble well, Andy Garcia. Yeah, but he's got. Well, I was going to say, but nobody had a good accent, and I don't, I don't, I don't know what Andy Garcia's accent is. But it's, well, he's it's, Cuban. It's, he came from Cuba. So yeah, he's, it's just, I'm just a weird accent. But he's also like, it's it's mutating into his accent is Andy Garcia. So um, yeah, you're right. I'm looking at the cast. It's basically Char Butler. I mean, he lives in West Hollywood, but he's uh, Scottish and Jim Sturgis is. But he can't do an American accent either. He does no, they don't even try. Like, they just said, right. you just be yourself, and your brother will have a different accent, and who cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Abby Cornish is Australian. Like everyone is, she is. yeah. And and then uh, the German lady, uh, yeah. you could have cut her character out of this entirely, and it yes. would have made no difference. And also, she's actually Romanian. She, That's interesting. There. She had no screen. Like I was like, why is she there? Real like terrible. And she had a really big moment where she goes back to s- save yes. him. Um, but just like wow. It was, it's just awful screen prizes, just nothing. Uh, and Yeah, and I couldn't like, tell if they're trying to set her up as a love interest for Gerard Butler's character, and I was like, yeah. they have no chemistry together. None. Um, it was a weird, it, it's weird, like, again, these were movies that sort of prided themselves on having terrific casting, even if you look past Independence Day. Uh, the Day After Tomorrow has a great cast, and 2012 has a yeah. great cast, even down to the, like the small parts. And this one, it seems like they fall off quickly now. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. You would think that this is the kind of thing that has, you know, wide global appeal. And maybe it does. Maybe they just figured out we don't have to spend that kind of money. You know, maybe it's like a dollars and cents kinds of thing. But, um, yeah. It wasn't – I mean, I, I had a fun time back-to-back with both these movies. Right. However I watched them, I don't remember. But, you know, it wasn't – I was definitely – I was having more fun being like, why, why are you – this plan makes no sense, Ed Harris. Like, that was the fun I was having yelling at the TV because – it was dumb. It wasn't the satisfaction I got from, you know, there was one, one New Year's Eve, several years ago, in the in the before times where we had some people over and we we ended up not going out. We ended up watching Day After Tomorrow, San Andreas in 2012, like as a mar- as a <laughs> New Year's Eve marathon, and it was still, wow. like the best night ever. Yeah, because you can really get into the over the topness, but they really do a good job of making you care about the people. And they're played by great actors, or at least charismatic actors. And I just, I didn't have that yes. kind of fun watching these two movies back to back, but I had fun watching them back to back. They were much dumber than those movies. There's something about, and we're talking about like suspension of disbelief, and that's actually not the right term, I think. It, it may to a certain extent, but you know when you're watching a movie and you go, that's completely wrong, and it takes you out of it, mm-hmm. or like people like to point out flaws? In this pointing out the flaws is part of the fun you know it's, it's like a horror movie like don't go in that room right what a terrible decision you're making um and i and i never liked horror movies but i understand that and i think these movies get to that but for some reason 
and it's a little intangible, is that Moonfall was more fun to do that. Be- yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would, if I was ranking them, I'd rank the first half of Geostorm and then Moonfall and the second half of Geostorm. I uh-huh. really enjoyed the first half of Geostorm. I, I, I like the whole setup of the world, and I like the world and everything. But as a whole film, yes, Moonfall was more successful. I, I enjoyed it all the way through, even if there was some something I didn't enjoy as much. But yes, Geostorm falls apart halfway through and never recovers, really. The moon scrapes along the surface <laughs> of the Earth. <laughs> well, it's not really a moon. It's a space station. In fact, it is a moon. It is a space station. There was actually there was there were bits where the science is just close enough to be. Wait a minute! Real. They never actually use that line. That line is right there for them. What? That's no moon. It's a space station. Uh, I mean, they it used is the that moon, line though. in Twister, which had nothing to do with the moon, but <laughs> they had it right there. You think that that doctor guy would have been like, "That's no moon. That's a space station." I feel like Emmerich isn't the kind of guy who wants to quote a different movie. <laughs> That's not his thing. He's not going to be postmodern. He's not going to. He's, he's quoting his own movies. That he can do. That's yeah. That's that's he's he's a tribute to himself. But he's not going to go over and and give I mean, George Lucas right that. There. That's not a it was thing. On a platter. I really did like the. I, there was a thing about mass and like, well, if the inside's hollow, does it have as much mass as we right. thought the moon does, and how does that affect the gravity? And right. like, none of it got close to real science. But I don't need it to. <laughs> You know, it's fine. Like they had in this movie at Cape Canaveral, they had uh, just space shuttles lined up one after another. Oh, that was one. No, that was that was Geostorm where they had. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had like you're right. They had like fifty space shuttles just lined up like a taxi station outside of an airport, and and they were going up like every five minutes. And I thought that we there's not that much fuel. (laughs) There's that's it's really expensive to do. (laughs) What was it doing to the environment? It doesn't matter. They can fix it. I guess they can. Well, those, yeah. those satellites weren't sucking air, pollution out of the air, were they? Listen, uh, these <laughs> these people they think one step ahead. But that, but again, that's the fun right there. Right. It's, it's you know it's the Grant Morrison thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. How 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 do they keep the Batmobile and don't don't worry about how they maintain the Batmobile? Space station taxi service. That's fine. But the movie, I think the trick is that you have to like something about it enough that you get enjoyment from ignoring that thing as opposed to not being able to ignore that thing. And I think that's where the tone comes in. Like oh, if the movie, the takes movie you have to buy to into the movie. Right. You have to buy into the premise. No matter how outlandish the premise is, those if you buy into what they're selling, then you as an audience member will will sell it buy anything. So like, you know, we all buy into these Marvel movies. If you mm-hmm. take four steps back, the physics doesn't work. All these people sure. would be dead. You know, Tony Stark is not immortal. When he gets smacked around in a suit, he, he would die. But what we was... buy into it because we buy into the world. The soon, as soon as you you the, you lose the audience, it was like I, I always think back to the time we were t- we were at the screening of Punisher, Warzone, and the audience had turned on the movie completely. Right. And it was a friends yeah. family screening, which is more. <laughs> but like every little thing, the audience was rebelling against because they no longer bought into the into the reality of it. You have to be you have to you have to construct your reality enough to the audience has to want to buy into the physics of the, the the craziness of it and not question every little thing so in greenland from 2020 the idea is that uh, a comet is going to destroy the earth mm-hmm. and they know and and that movie is a little more serious yeah, you spend, I, yeah. so the science has it's to be not a little stronger no, right the science has to be a little more if not necessarily realistic than believable and then right. there's more drama involved. You're still trying to get your kids somewhere. Jared Butler, let this be his like 
give us either a rock flavored or a Jared <laughs> Butler flavor. And he's in White House Down yeah. too. Yeah, which which I also Emmerich, Yeah, um, which is pretty, which is, is is adjacent to this genre. Um, and uh, and like, there's a, more about like what happens on Earth. And they touched on that in Moonfall, where those like the the robbers, you know, I was like, don't open the window. And he opens the window and they take his stuff. And 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 I was like, well, why that? You know. And then those people showed up again, and that that was that was good. But it, it like you're allowed to get away with being a little bit bad. And I, I I'm not gonna say famously because nobody else knows about it for me. You know, I was a bigger snob at one point. I'm still a snob, and I don't like fun. But actually, I I kind of do. And I saw I went to 2012 by myself one day, mm-hmm. and I left. I was like, this is stupid. And I went and I saw the men who stare at goats in the other theater instead. Now, I made a huge mistake. And <laughs> yes, at some point between that, that movie. And I know, at some point between there and when I, I saw it later, like a thing clicked. And I went, no, I love this. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm so glad that that was the thing that happened. <laughs> and that I have you guys to, to go over it with. Because, I mean, this is our horror movie. Like, we're not horror movie people. This is our horror movie. Which is just enough existential dread. But it, it takes it in such a way that you don't have to feel terrible. My friends in San Francisco were not into San Andreas at all. Mm. They did not. like. I was like, aren't you excited about it? Like, no, not really. <laughs> that movie was great. I was looking while you were talking. I was, I, was, I was listening, but I was also looking up the status of the sequel of Greenland because they, they did announce it a while back. And it's mired in some kind of uh, financial situation with oh. the financier STX. But it's, it's, it was acquired. It's got a deal. Uh-huh. It's 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 just in the midst of I, this bankruptcy situation. When we're talking about Greenland, because isn't there supposed yeah. to be a San Andreas? No, Greenland, there's a sequel called Greenland Colon Migration. See, that is the thing that we're missing, and also I, I probably will be terrible. Oh yeah. Because I you know, we don't ever know what happens after this. You know, the last scene in in, in San Andreas is like, we will rebuild. And I was like, if you'll be rebuilding for a while. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, like a sequel to that wouldn't be a disaster movie. It would be like really like, boring construction movie. Well, no, that in society would be completely destroyed, and it's the road. You know, well, not San Andreas. Basically. That was just San Andreas' fault. Are you, ta- are you talking about t- day after tomorrow? I mean, kind of the same. Like in any of them, it's just like it's really easy to be hopeful at the very end because the sun comes out and they're all there, but the world would be a hellscape. Yes. And it's a different kind of movie, is what I'm saying. Well, and I think that that plays into, I guess now we're talking about Greenland too, but I, I, that plays into the idea of Greenland, which is more about the sort of the societal aspect of what happens here. So that would make sense that they would make a film is that the, would look into that. Is the end of that... It's where they all end up in Greenland in the bunker. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little like, um, a little like 2012. Yeah, but they it's sort not... sort of pop out. Yeah, kind of. It's not as fun. It's more like terrible it's like everything is terrible right more, right right um which i think why right. it took me two two viewings to watch it the first time i was like this isn't fun at all uh-huh. and then I, I was like well i'll watch it again and i enjoyed it more when i knew what i was you in know, for you gotta like the, the little little take on it. i was trying to there's another thing that it's like stuff in the bunker or after the fact but i don't remember what i it mean was. there's lots of them even if you go back to the 90s and you get like a deep impact or um you know which is more armageddon they saved the world but deep impact you know the, the the asteroid hits and right. So that's the one where they sort of have to rebuild. That's one at the end where President Morgan Freeman's like, "We're going to rebuild," and everyone's like, "Yay!" That's how it ends. That that one is like the <laughs> the whole world's been like fl- f- been like flooded, except for the really high elevations. And so that that one might be what you're thinking of. <laughs> I just I was just remembering. I'm like, oh, Richard Schiff is the government person who 
thinks it's all bullshit. The guy, because what's the one? Richard Schiff is, is in Geostorm, but he's also in. Uh, he's also in Deep Impact. Yes, he's a father in what's Deep the, Impact. What's the one in? Is one of them where the president dies, and then the vice president was the guy who was really against? That's twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Yeah. So the vice president's the bad guy, and he has to come to realize it, and then he's like at his mobile uh, presidency, but they're in. Mexico. Yes. Because... That's the one where it's sort of oh, that, that's yeah. No, that's the day after tomorrow. Oh, yeah, so the day good. after tomorrow, the, pres- the White House gets frozen. Um, the, hel- the helicopter <laughs> that they're escaping in gets frozen. And so then the rest of the government is, yeah. I think I think when I was watching Geostorm, when, when Hong Kong goes, mm-hmm. right away I was like, this is ramping up very quickly. <laughs> like it got hot like really fast. Yeah. And then huge skyscrapers just started exploding. <laughs> and, and then that dude... Gets in a smart car and he gets yeah. out of the city somehow, and finally they he's on a highway somewhere out of town, and you know you turn around and the city's smoking and in ruins or whatever, and then you see the dashboard temperature go from like 150 down to like 70, and he gets out of or lower, and he gets out and everything frosts over, and I just thought that's the best feeling on earth. Nice. Just having it so cold after a really <laughs> hot day, hot day full of lava and destruction. Uh, right, but but like. In a matter of 30 seconds, that yeah. went, which is the same thing that happened in 2012, actually. Like in, was it, did it get hot or was it only cold in that movie? Well, the cold movie was Day After Tomorrow because they had, that, right. it was that, the freeze that came down and froze right. like the whole Northern Hemisphere. They, 2012 they was the mind, the freeze at one the point. mind thing where it was like the whole world was, the prophecy the, all from the, the, the crust, the earth's crust let go. Right. And there was yeah. a lot of, there was a lot of, there was a whole bunch of disasters happening with with 2012 but 2012 had it's very similar to this and like when uh in moonfall when they launched the shuttle and it has to get through all the debris i was like no way <laughs> yeah yeah you, this would be destroyed it's like and and then flying to Mo- a shotgun and then in geostorm it's when he's outside and the entire space shuttle space station is out and there's shit flying everywhere and i was like no way you don't, you don't survive that but i'm going with it sure. again that that saying no way that makes it fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm looking at the cast for 2012. It's again, it's like you you can go down pretty deep until you hit names yes. you don't recognize, and then you hit a bunch of like Chinese names again because it's a Chinese production. So, but you know, Cusack and and, and uh, Elgifor and Amanda Peet and Oliver Platt and Danny Newton, Danny Newton and Danny Glover, Woody Harrelson, Morgan Lilly, Tom McCarthy. Like you start going deep into yeah. this cast before you hit people. One of our greatest American directors as a bit part. Um, God, I love that. Uh, I mean, if if there's no other reason to salvage relations with China, right? It's that someone <laughs> needs to fund these kinds of movies, and it's not going to be American studios anymore. So, well, I mean, they 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 do fund big. You know, I'm sure if The Rock had another disaster movie in his, in, in his pocket, that they would fund it. Sure, but they don't want to. I feel like there was supposed to be a San Andreas sequel. It could be. But you know things happen. San Andreas too. It says that it says here that Greenland had a thirty-five million dollar budget. That's amazing. Yeah, so I guess they had they had a San Andreas sequel in development, but it's, right. it's, it has gone nowhere. I forgot because Paul just... Giamatti was in San Andreas. I love oh, that movie. Yeah. It was his assistant who saved a kid at the cracking dam. That's right. Uh, and and he the was Asian, Hoover Dam. I think. Yeah, yeah. And he he helped the kid with the backpack and. It's 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 so great. 
I, I hope if you like, if you got through this far, I assume that you are listening now and you're like, this, these are great. And then this has helped you think about what it is that you like about them. Because that's for me is the fun part is like, what is it that I like about this? And then we dig through it and we, we, we find the little things that, that make it all fun. And, and the thing it. is it, what you can like about it can be different for each one. Uh huh. You know, Greenland's a very different movie than Moonfall. Sure. They're both enjoyable for different reasons. Um, even Geostorm is a different movie than Moonfall, different movie than 2012, different movie than Today After Tomorrow. But there are the common threads, which we've talked about, the family aspects and things like that. But, you know, if it's sillier, then you can have more fun poking at it. If it's, if it's less silly and you're buying into it, like I don't, I don't sit there and poke at Today After Tomorrow because I feel like it's a really well-made movie inside that space. So you're just like, you buy into the world and the With physics silly and things that, that happen in it, which sure. is great, which is fine. But you also Brad, don't go, oh, nah, you know, you don't grouse while you're watching. You're just sort of tense watching, you know, right. everything. Um, even with the silly dire wolves and everything. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a very unexpected and fun weekend a couple of weekends ago when, we, when Moonfall came out and hit HBO. So Brad Payton is the director on San Andreas, and he also did um, Rampage mm. with, with Dwayne The Rock I Johnson. I saw that. Did I see it was that? Actually, it's actually pretty fun. It's dumb. It's it's very silly, but uh, it's it's much more enjoyable than you would think as like sort of a video game property that has nothing to do with a video I still game. I love that game. Oh, it's super fun. I that played was the it. best game to play after the movies because that, that was one of the 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 games they had in our movie theater. And that was yeah, those are the only two. Those are only two. No, he I mean, he did some really <laughs> cats and dogs. The Revenge of Kitty Galore is directed by Brad Payton, and then he did a movie called Incarnate. San Andreas. San Andreas was it was before that, and then Rampage, and then not a, no movie since then. Huh. Well, his his emotional toll doing San Andreas. I need to. There's there's one. It's called the Wave. I think it's Scandinavian. Oh, I've seen that. I think yeah, I had two that. a while ago. That's more of a serious one. Yeah, that's totally a serious one. It's more based on real science of uh-huh. well, eventually the, then, one of these one of these fjords is gonna do this like I, I remember watching them being totally riveted by that movie right i need to watch that again yeah. I, I saw it a long time ago and then you've got like the impossible which is like the true story version of like all of these things actually happen but it still falls under that i, I still give it that imdb which is of course no by no means a you know 100 percent accurate has san andreas 2 is as an upcoming film for the rock but who knows if that's actually accurate yeah sure it's it's in development which means it could last forever right. but i'm pretty sure that like Dwayne the rock johnson i'm gonna say it like that for some reason mm-hmm. he's gonna be in this position he's in for at least another 15 20 years to be he's, an action star yeah oh totally I can imagine that he'll just have all this muscle and underneath it a very fragile, crumbling skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> being pulverized. As long as he keeps adding muscle, he won't wrinkle. <laughs> <laughs> Although when you go back and rewatch, I mean, we, we do have to stop this conversation at some point. When you go back and rewatch the Fast and Furious movies, you go back to like his first appearance, you're like, whoa, because he's, he's, he's changed a lot even since then. He's gotten a yeah. lot bigger. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. But uh, anyway, this was fun. Watching the movies was fun. If you wa- if you haven't watched the movies, I suggest Moonfall and Geostorm if you're into that kind of thing. And even though we've spoiled it for you, it's still a lot of fun to watch the uh, the how it full unfolds on itself. Yeah. There's a couple of things we haven't talked about, but Emmerichism. So what? How in in the, in the Emmerich versus Devlin situation here? I guess we have to go Emmerich. 
I think he's got so. more experience directing. So yeah, I think I think that he's the one who sets the tone for exactly what this is. He's the Doctor Carter. <laughs> he's the he's the he's the Jack Kirby of the he's Elvis. <laughs> well, no, the Jack Kirby is um is the guy from the seventies that we talked about on the uh, Poseidon Adventure. Right, right, right. Uh, All right, then he's he's somebody. He's he's uh he's Frank Miller. I don't know. He's <laughs> this this analogy is too difficult. But he's the you know he's the he's the modern father master of these kind of movies. He's the one you go see. You know he's uh like at this point like if I I I I should never not go see one of his you know movies. It's true. You need a little you need a little Google alert for his his yeah. name <laughs> so that you know when his movie comes out. The 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 Jack Kirby is uh, Irwin Allen. He's the one that okay, did yep, Side yep. Adventure and then Towering Inferno. And, okay, you're fair. You're right. Uh, other movies <laughs> that I've voyaged to the bottom of the sea. Anyway, um, so that was fun. That was fun. We'll we'll it rank so Moonfall fun. over Geostorm. Do we? Are we going to rate them? <sighs> oh, I don't know. I don't know how you do. I don't even. I don't know. I mean, if 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 the day after tomorrow was a five, right. And San Andreas is a five. And then, so that makes, in 2012, it's like a four and a half. Yeah. Uh, that makes Moonfall, I'd say three and a half in the genre, maybe four. I think Moonfall's in that, in that three range somewhere. Geo, and Geostorm's a three. Two, two, I would say 2.75 in, in, in the okay. genre because, again, the first half is terrific. The second half I thought was pretty bad so it's sort of for me evens out sort of like in a, in a 2.75 i'll take that I'll, I'll, I'll give you that i know it's it's i don't want to take away from it because it's right. it was is it fun to watch yep <laughs> you know oh if you am i ranking my weekend experience my weekend experience was definitely like a four four and a half you know nice watching the movie so roland emmerich has two films in development as director and one of them it looks like he's going back to the stargate well because he was also he was one of the guys that did Stargate originally, which the original movie is a really good movie. Yes, um, I remember that. I saw that in the theater. I did too. And then he has a very strange situation. I just lost it. Where did it go? Um, Maya Lord. That's what the name of the movie is. The story of a 16th century Spaniard, Gonzalo Guerrero, who was held captive by a Mayan tribe and eventually converts to their ways and beliefs and fights for them against the Spanish. <laughs> Very that was his. That no. answers my earlier question. Like, like, does he take it seriously, or does he know what he's doing? And this was like, he's like, I'm going to do a real movie, and no one cared. Well, I feel like I need to watch. All right, I need to watch The Patriot again because oh, I yeah. saw it. Was on TV that day? I saw it at the time, but I was like, that's not good. But now I think I need. He did that, Midway I too. Kid. I want to see that. I just I realized you didn't that, watch that, it. Oh, no, did. for some reason. Hmm. Uh what's Stonewall about the Stonewall riots? <laughs> did he do a movie? It might he be did. he's a gay activist, so probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's inter- That's really interesting. Yeah. Okay, we gotta we gotta compare and contrast. We have to come back for this, like the serious films of Roland Emmerich. <laughs> White House Down versus Stonewall. Oh man, that sounds awesome. It is it's interesting because an- if you look at his career as a director, um, you know, there's much stuff. See- the, there's much stuff. There's some stuff in the seventies, early eighties. He did Universal Soldier with Van Damme. Then he did Stargate, yeah. and then Independence Day. Then Godzilla. Then The Patriot. Then the Day After Tomorrow. He's on a roll. I believe Godzilla is not good. Right, but he's on a roll in terms of popularity. And then yes, Ten Thousand BC. I don't 
I vaguely remember 10,000 BC. I, I don't know if I watched it. And we then 2012. To, we need to deep dive. I think we should come back and do another one of these. You know, he has a pretty high hit rate. If you're talking about the types of films he makes, I mean, 2012 and then White House Down and then the unfortunate uh, Independence Day sequel and then Midway and then Moonfall. So, like, in terms of director, he's got a pretty high. Yeah. The Independence average. Day sequel was bad. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> it's not good. I don't think I've even heard of 10,000 BC. I remember the trailer. I think it was a little bit of concepty film because it Everybody's wasn't like very dialogue. Photos. Yeah. Uh, Roland Emmerich, in a prehistoric past, Dele is a mammoth hunter who bonds with the beautiful Evelette. When warriors and horseback capture Evelette, the tribesmen Dele must embark on an odyssey to save his true love. So, eh. is that the one with Ringo Starr? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he plays Evelette. Omar Sharif is in it. He's a narrator. <laughs> Weird. This is all weird. All right, you, we this, have some homework. Let's let's go through. Let's let's do, let's do selections from the OVRA and then okay. reconvene. All right. Well, this was fun as a, as a impromptu little show, uh, but of course you can always listen to our regular podcast, the Pick of the Week Show, which John and Josh and I. You're not John. I don't know who John is. Josh and I talk about the week's comic books that come out every week. That show comes out on Sundays. We have our monthly books explode. Talksplode and media explode shows. Media explode show is where we talk about non comics media. It's kind of like this show. And we do it all at ifanboy.com. And the, some of those shows are brought to you by the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Thanks to everyone who's a patron. Please join up if you, if you can. And uh, we'll be back with some other show sometime soon. And until then, I'm Connor. At the, at the longest, it's, we'll see you Sunday. <laughs> you know? I'm Josh. Thanks. And reflect from the mountains so all souls can see it. And I'll stand on the ocean until I start sinking But I'll know my song well before I start singing And it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard And it's a hard, it's a hard rain are gonna fall